Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. Now, once again, today I'm interviewing a phenomenally successful lady in the series for International Women's Day. And today I'm speaking to the wonderful Regina Bergman. Welcome, Regina. Thank you so much, Pearl. It's great to be here. Looking forward to this. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this. Your profile is fantastic. And to all the listeners here, if you've not already listened to any of the future, the previous um, messages and episodes I've done, I always revert back to the social media profiles because this is how this whole initiative and project started. So for Regina, we are told helping your cash strapped small business grow to six figures plus in profit. Profit, create it, accelerate it. I love that. Absolutely love that. So if you're not already following Regina, make sure you find her profile on. I've read it from LinkedIn. Make sure that you're following her because her message is empowering and it's brilliant. So please make sure that you follow her. Welcome, Regina, after all that. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. Thank you so much. So I'm going to jump straight in and ask you, Regina, could you share your career history with us? Let us know what your stories, because for International Women's Day, this is going to resonate with women young and old. And I'm sure we're going to get golden nuggets and pearls of wisdom throughout. Awesome. So as as I've thought about that um, and thinking about where this all began, (laughs) And and how far I've come. So those of you who uh, are only listening to this, you can't tell, but I'm 69 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I have been at this a while. <laughs> and in fact, I I did not go to college right after high school. Uh, I'm from the states, and I went straight to work. Uh, I did. It was interesting. In my senior year of high school, I worked. I worked through what they called a work experience program. And I worked for about four different businesses that year. I worked in a doctor's office, an insurance office, a a credit collection agency, and I can't remember what the other one was. And, um, you know, so that was really good experience for me. Plus, I had always worked through high school and even as a child had jobs and and did things. And so I had a pretty good work ethic. But I, when I finished high school, I got a job at a finance company. And worked there for a couple of years and then went on to work at a credit union, stopped to have my uh, child and, and then did jobs that I could work from home. So I was in Mary Kay Cosmetics for a number of years. I was a senior sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics. And um, anyway, later on in 1996, I started a staffing firm with uh, a partner and we he passed away about six years into the business, and I continued for another six years. 
And we grew that firm from in a, in as we started off in a small town of about eight to nine thousand people, where nobody knew what staffing was unless they had been transferred there by like a big oil company or something. And if they'd come from the big city, then they they understood what that was. So we had a real uphill battle to teach people what we were doing. Uh, but we decided that it it could work and we could do this. And so we set out to to do that. Well, the business crashed ultimately with the financial crash of 2008, put me out of business by March of 2009 because my market completely dried up. Um, But at that time, we had six offices. We were in two states, had three divisions, had 25 internal employees, 200 employees placed with other firms. We were doing almost $5 million a year in revenue and we were out of business overnight. That is a journey that I would hate to see anybody go on. (laughs) It was devastating. So I took the next two years and um, just did service work. Yeah. Helped people for two years and and didn't think about going back into business (laughs) for a while. Well, when we had when we had moved to to the community that we lived in, uh, we'd moved in 1993, I think. And my husband had told me when we moved, he said, "Now, hun, he said, just so you know, this is not where I want to retire." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> Eighteen and a half years later, <laughs> he said, "Hun, this is still not where I want to retire." <laughs> so. We decided to figure out where he wanted to retire. He wasn't ready to retire yet, but where do you want to retire? And so he had some vacation coming. And so we took a month. And first of all, we decided we wanted to stay in the state of Texas. We ruled out all the other states, decided this is we're happy here. This is where we want to be. So we looked up all the lakes in Texas. And then we scheduled appointments with realtors throughout the state and went to go look at those lakes. Well, The third lake we looked at, we fell in love with this beautiful home on the lake, a big two-story, 3,800-square-foot brick home, absolutely gorgeous home on the lake. And we were just window shopping. We weren't intending to buy anything at that moment. (laughs) Where would we like to be? But we so fell in love with that home, and, and my husband wanted to buy it. I said, you know, this is a big home for two people. And because our daughter was grown and off on her own and her family of her own. And I said, so the only way I can justify this is if we build, if we turn it into a bed and breakfast and, and we convert two of those rooms into guest rooms. And so he and I had been talking about that for a few years about having a and b So he was game for it. And so, uh, so I proceeded to get the house remodeled a bit so that we could do that. And we opened up a bed and breakfast there in uh, 2012 and had that for five years, for about five and a half years. And it was so much fun. It was so wonderful to be able to serve people and uh, to create those great relationships and have people want to come back. And, and like I said, the home was just gorgeous. And so that it was also that level of, you know, when people walked in and them just appreciating the home itself. And and that was, that was fun as well. So that was, um, I, uh, so I did, I read that for five years. Well, two years into that, my husband passed away. And um, sorry, (laughs) 
there are times I can talk about that without emotion and there are times I can't. <laughs> but I'm just real here, folks. This is just, just me. We were married for 44 years when oh. she passed away. So I continued for another uh, several years, to, three years to run the B&B. And he and I had been looking at the home next door to us. Uh, the, the people were wanting to sell it. And we had an appointment with them for two weeks from then to visit with them because my husband worked two weeks on, two weeks off. And so he had a five-hour drive to where he worked every two weeks and a five-hour drive home. So on his next days off, we were going to have a conversation with them about buying their home. And so I, my daughter had taken some uh, architecture classes in college. So I said, hey, come look at this house with me. Give me your opinion on it. And so we looked at it and I decided to go forward with that. So I bought their home, took the next many months to remodel it, turn it in because it really needed some work. But we turned it into a lake house rental and an event center. And so had that going alongside the bed and breakfast for until we sold out in 2017. And again, service was a, a driving factor in our selling out. I developed a health issue that caused me to not be able to care for my guests in the way that I always had and the way I wanted to. And so it was time to move on and, and let the B&B go. But over the, during that same period of time, after my husband passed away, that's when I started my coaching business. <laughs> now, they tell you, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't make any big decisions for at least a year after you go through a loss like that. But that wasn't me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I took on things right away. Probably shouldn't have. Might not have been in my best interest, but I did it. And so, but I want to share something with you, too. There was... During that period of time when you lose a spouse that way or somebody you're really close to, you go through a period that's called a widow's fog and your brain is just foggy. You know, it just it, it you feel like there's a veil over your brain and you just can't quite get out of it. And so I had so many things going on and needed to keep track of them. And I knew if I put them in a paper planner, it wasn't gonna do me any good. I wasn't gonna go look at it. I knew if I put them on my computer calendar, you know, on something on the computer, it still wasn't, but I just wasn't gonna think about it. So, you know, these big um, post-it sheets that you use in meetings and things. Yeah. I wallpapered my bedroom with those. <laughs> everyone had, I had about eight or nine of those on the walls and everyone was a different area of my life. So. Here was the bed and breakfast and what I needed to be doing with it. Here was the rental and what I needed to be doing with it. Here was the coaching business and what I needed to be doing with it. <laughs> Just kept those in front of me for months until that fog disappeared. And I felt like I could pull those off the wall and slowly began to take them off and began to reintegrate those things into my life and not have to look at them so visibly every day. <laughs> so, so when I started my coaching business, um, I had been thinking about it for a while because people naturally gravitated to me for advice during my life. And one of my passions has always been to help others achieve their full potential. And so that just went together. And so an opportunity had come across my desk a few months before my husband passed. And I thought, mm, it's not the right time. There was an opportunity to get some training and coaching. And after he passed, it came back around. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So I spent the rest of that year um, studying, learning, and, and getting the coaching certifications. 
and uh, thought I was going to be a life coach, really thought that's what I was going to do, but quickly realized that there was there was a bigger mission for me that included the life coaching, and that was doing the business coaching. Yeah. Now, at that same time, before my husband passed, I was writing a book, my first book, and I had a friend who come to me, her she had a friend whose husband had come to her on her on their 42nd wedding anniversary and said, oh, by the way, I'm get, we're getting a divorce. And this friend's friend was just shocked. She did not realize their marriage was in such bad shape. My friend said to me, I guess there's just no such thing as a bulletproof marriage. And I thought, no, I, I don't buy into that. that I, I do not accept that. There are things we can do to protect our marriage. And that started me down the journey to writing my first book, which is an international bestseller. It was a bestseller in five countries, five, I think it was five, five or seven, some number of countries. And it's called Bulletproof Your Marriage. And the thing that I realize is that if you're a business owner, your personal life is impacted by that business. And your business is impacted by your personal life. And I really want people to be able to create a generational positive legacy. It's really important to me. And that's why part of why Bulletproof Your Marriage. Because as, they, as you bulletproof your marriage and you create that structure for a marriage that can survive until the end of time, then you create um, a positive legacy. Your children see what a good marriage looks like. Yes. And they want to emulate it. But vice versa, if you create a marriage that is failing and that has all of these problems, that's what your children see. And statistics prove that they're more likely to have divorce in their marriage if they come from the home of a divorce. Now, my husband and I, my first husband and I, we we came from totally different backgrounds. His parents had been married for 26 years or something when, when we got married, 20-something uh, years. and my mother was on her fourth marriage. My father was on his fifth marriage. I didn't even know my father at that point in time. Um, I hadn't had communication with him since I was a young child and ultimately found him. And we had a great relationship until he passed. But the point is that, you know, we we decided when we got married was in the early 70s. It was 1970. And the prevailing attitude amongst our friends was, let's just get married. And if it doesn't work out, we'll get a divorce. <laughs> We're going steady, and and we said no. Let's let's get married, but if something goes wrong, let's figure out what it is and fix it. So we came to the marriage with a commitment to the marriage itself, not just to one another. Oh, wow. and and so that also influenced the book in, in great part. So the book is a lot about how to, to create that successful marriage. And one that your children want to emulate and one that supports that entrepreneur in the family and supports that business. So I kind of see it as both sides, you know, save a marriage, save a business, save a business, save a marriage. Yeah. And so yeah. I get to do both both sides of the coaching. <laughs> that is wonderful. Really is. And it's, I think, to anyone listening, definitely, if you haven't already got 
um, the book, go and get the book and learn from it because already you've shared so many things that make so much sense. And it's so Thank special you. that you can share all those moments in your life that we can and we can live it with you, relive it with you yes. and share the wonder and the joy and the happiness. And like you Absolutely. say, not everyone can do that. So many times people will grow up and it will be a failed marriage and the children from that don't don't understand what it is to have two happy parents that speak to each yeah. other and live in the same house because that's exactly and and you know we had had my husband not been who he was and come from the background that he had i don't know what our marriage would have been you know but it changed our attitude and my attitude, um, I didn't live what I had lived to that moment. I didn't live based on my history, but on the future that we could create. You know, one of the things, one of the statistics that was amazing to me as I was researching the book was the number or the percentage of divorces that occur after the children leave home. Yeah. It's huge. It's, and I'm thinking it was over 50% or something, you know, of, of all the divorces, most of them occur in the golden years, what should be our golden years. But because we haven't nurtured the relationship, we've, we've grown apart. We've grown out of love with one another. Uh, I said that in quotation marks out of love, because I don't think we really fall out of love or grow out of love. Love needs to be nurtured. Yeah. Love has to be nurtured. And, and so in the book, I talk a lot about how you protect the marriage during all the stages of it, yeah. during those first years, during the years when the children come, when they're teenagers, when they leave home. You know, there are things that you have to do to nurture the marriage and the relationship in order to have a relationship when that's all said and done and to actually have those golden years of being together and truly enjoying that time without all, all the pressures of raising a family. Yeah. And this, it, it's re you've really got me thinking from that because I'm currently single. I've been through a marriage that ended disastrously, but and then I became a single mum and brought both my children up on my own. Then I was in a long-term relationship, and now it's just me. I've come back home to my dad. It's me and dad, and we look after each other, which might sound really strange because I've grown up, I've got children, I've got a career, but I'm loving being on my own because if someone said to me, who is your ideal man? You know, I couldn't tell you at this time. I've had long relationships, but I don't think any of them were the right man because if they were, I'd still be with them. You'd still be there. And yeah. it's, it, it's learning what does Pearl like because it was always... Right. It was always who the other partner, what did they like? And Pearl went along with it because it made life easier. And it's right. So that's it. And there's there's an element to that. You know, there's another element, though, that I want to bring out. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's another element that I bring out in the book. And that is the real reason for marriage is to make the other person happy. And as you as they work at making you happy, you want to work at making them happy. Yeah. And, and we get caught in a place in our marriage where we're saying, I'm unhappy, I'm fed up, I'm, you know, whatever. And I guarantee you the other person's feeling the same way if you're feeling that way. Yeah. And you've both lost focus 
on the purpose of the marriage, which was to make the other person happy. The yeah. focus has become me-centered. We've become we become selfish in our marriages oftentimes. And and that is it's a spiral downward, a downward spiral when we start to get selfish. And if we don't figure out how to get out of that, it can ruin the marriage. Yeah. And where you've said if you've got the same drive when each partner wants that entrepreneurial spirit and wants to grow. That that makes a difference. And with all my partners, I've always been the hungry one. And right. That that makes a big difference because some men it don't. Does. That. Some men do not like intelligent women. They do not That's like true. people with that fire inside. And want to. Do my my yeah. last partner was quite a lot older than me, and he was ready to retire, and I wasn't. And I had I've had three roles that could have taken me round the world. And I had to turn all three down because he didn't want me to leave and not be there. And that, that's a learning curve as well. Oh, it is. It is. And it, and it's, you know, it's so important. And that choosing that partner becomes a critically important phase of our life, right? Because it, it really does impact the rest of your life. And it's something you and I, you mentioned the word spiritual mm-hmm. earlier on when you and I were talking and you know, it, it should be a spiritual, there should be a very big spiritual element to choosing that partner yeah. Um, so that you you get that person that can nurture your dreams. One of the things, my I did remarry after my husband passed. I remarried about 18 months later. And one of the things that, that he said to me, he's retired, but he said he wanted to be the wind beneath my wings. He wanted to be that person that was supporting me while I was pursuing my dreams. And, and so that, that meant a lot to me, Um, you know, and it, but it, yeah, there's, there's so much to creating a marriage partnership. (laughs) And I think we go into it so blindly so so much of the time. Yeah. I mean, I can still remember sort of growing up and my mum would say to me when I got my first boyfriend and everything, and she said, do not ever try and change that person because they should you should be in love with the person you meet and all the time yeah. you try and change each other that's where the problems come in because okay. that then why should you change them if you fell in love with that first person you met you love them then why suddenly yeah. try and change them because you might not love the person you change them into that's true your mother was a very wise woman <laughs> <laughs> and that's true we fall in love with people because they're different from us a lot of times there's a there's a, that opposites attract notion and and then once we get them then it's like oh well i really don't kind of like that thing oh let's change this let's you know and we do we go about that changing trying to change them and we need to to appreciate who they are and love them for the, who they are one of the things i would encourage that i do encourage and it's in my book as well is that getting some personality analysis before tying that knot. Now, my husband and I, my first husband and I, we didn't do that until, oh gosh, we'd been married probably 30 years before we got into that realm of things. (laughs) And then we did a couple of personality profiles. We did the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is a behavioral preference tool. And then we did the Rembrandt portrait, which measures innate personality characteristics. And it was so powerful to look at those results and say, oh, 
that's why I drive you crazy in this area. That's why you drive me crazy over here. You know, it's like things that had been truly upsetting to me before because I didn't understand where he was coming from suddenly made sense. And it's like, oh, that wasn't personal at all. This was just him, you know, his normal response to something because of who he is innately. Now, the beauty of knowing who you are innately is that you can adjust your behavior if you need to. You're still that person innately. It doesn't change who you are, but you can adjust your behavior as the situation warrants. And it allows you to to be able to communicate with people that might be more difficult to communicate with if you didn't do that. Oh, I absolutely love that. And that makes so much sense because we do all this in business, like you say, so you know how to work, how to pull the best people together for a project. So it's all delivered. You don't have all leaders. You need analysts. You need people that will do the admin. Because if you've got all leaders, nothing will get completed because you're all leading and then all the admin hasn't been done. And you turn around and think, well, nothing's been reported. So if you can do that in work, why don't we use that strategy in our personal lives? Because it it works in the business world. So why shouldn't it? In your personal life. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it does. Uh, you just have, you know, you find those right tools. And, and I highly recommend those two tools, uh, the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator and the Rembrandt Portrait. Um, the Rembrandt Portrait was created by um, Dr. Michael Santo. Uh, he's in California and has a company called Rembrandt Advantage. And they use it a lot in, uh, in the business world. But it, its roots are in the personal world. Its roots are in marriage counseling. Um, you know, it, it's a powerful tool to understand yourself, which is key. You've got to understand you. And most of us don't understand ourselves starting out in life. <laughs> but it's also a powerful tool to understand your partner and how you can work together for the best result. And it's, it's all about that thing where you almost dial up and dial down certain parts of your personality. Absolutely. So that it reflects that, that your partner or the people you're working with in business so that you complement each other. And that yeah. make, and I think we all learn that or once you get to a certain level in business, you all like learn that. Right. It's whether we all actually use it. And it's really yeah. <laughs> and then when you look back and you might go back and you think you've had an argument with someone at work even before you take it into the personal level. And I know for me, I put it I, I play it over and over in my mind to think I should have said that, I should have said that. Oh yeah. And see and you see, I'm someone that I will go straight back the next day and I, or even the same day if it's happened, I say, Look, I'm wrong, I was I apologize. Exactly. And that because then it clears the air, because if you don't that means next time you have to work with that person, yeah. it just gets worse because they remember what it was like before and it's an uphill yeah. struggle. And yeah. like you say, you've put that into a personal relationship and it's the same. I, I remember people saying to me, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they said, never go to bed on an argument. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Go to, yeah. And that's in my book too. You know, another thing, I remember an instance with my first husband. And I was upset about something. And I asked him if we could talk. I don't even remember what it was about now. But I asked him if we could sit down and talk about it. And so we sat down. And the first thing I did was tell him what I was upset about. Well, he felt attacked. And communication stopped at that moment. There was, I mean, we continued talking, you know, 
verbalizing things, but it wasn't communication. It had stopped. <laughs> and so I strongly encourage folks to, you know, if you have those kinds of problems, sit down and ask the other person first yeah. what's challenging them about the situation. Get their input first so that they don't feel attacked. And then they're more open to listening to what your part of the challenge is and working for a solution. Yeah. So always have that win-win attitude. Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant way to approach everything in life as well, because then Agreed. you've got a good preparation, that good foundations, and you can build on that anywhere you go and anyone you meet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is wonderful. In fact, I'm going to ask now, because okay. there's some, I could talk to you all day, every day. Can I ask you back to be a guest again? Because there's so many topics we could cover. And oh, it, I would love that, Pearl. I would absolutely love that. Thank you. That I'm honoured. That would be brilliant because there's so many, practically everything you've said is almost an episode in its own because we can yeah. then broaden it and go into so much detail. Because it, it, oh, That would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that. Thank you. Thank you. I did stop you midway. Should I, I? I will be quiet for a bit and let you continue with your career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped in. Heard a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! You know, I think one thing I want to add is that for me, money has never been. Uh, you know, we want to talk about motivation for a moment. Mm. And yes, I'm an entrepreneur, and yes, I've had successful businesses, and I've had non-successful businesses. I've I've had successes and failures, and and I, and along that note, you know, failure is just another opportunity to try again, right? To get up, to to learn from that one, and to go on. Don't let it stop you. It's part of life. You will fail at things. It's, it's just a given. Um. So be sure that you're you're not just giving up. There, there was another point I wanted to make there, and I worked myself around it, and I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. I can remember the amount of times I will start a sentence, and this yeah. is my age thing, and I'm a lady of a certain age where certain things change, and I suddenly think, I don't know the last word I need to go, and I make the sentence last longer and think yeah. to remember and I will know the letter the word starts with but do you think yeah. I can remember what the word is it's terrible so I really everyone yeah. knows I am now. everyone understands yeah <laughs> um but just uh you know it, for me what my passion has always been as I mentioned earlier to help others achieve their full potential. And whether that's through helping them in their personal life, their marriage, their business, whatever, that, that's my passion. Yeah. Who I love to work with are people who have a passion to make a difference in the world. Yes. And as a business coach, as I get to work with them, that means I get to be part of their ripple effect. Yeah. And that excites me beyond anything. I love being a part of the difference that others get to make in the world oh, as I help them achieve their full potential. I love that. I love that. And anyone that listens to any of my podcasts, I have a favorite word and it begins with S and it's synchronicities and oh. synchronicity. And what you've just said is just, it's almost, I could have almost said it to you because that's what I love. When I work, I, I do 
business and spirituality coaching, but I also call it consulting because I still do my communications consulting. And literally, mm-hmm. I will go to someone, they will have an idea and I can tell them how they can monetize it, almost their five-year plan, where they should be, what they should awesome. look at. And it, that's just the way my mind works. That as, as I do, Well, you've probably seen the way this has happened in less than two weeks. I just get an idea and I yeah. run with it. And I just keep going. And then someone says, you haven't slept. Go to bed. Get some sleep. Stop. And the amount of people now that will say to me, you've done enough now. Stop. But then I wake up. I'm terrible. I sleep with my devices. I know I shouldn't. But if I do wake (laughs) up and I can't switch off and I've got ideas, I start again. Because that's just the way I love to work. And synchronicities, like I said, is just perfect. (laughs) Yep. Agreed. Yeah, we and we do have a lot in common there. And, you know, this morning I woke up at three something and I was awake. You know, I knew I wasn't going to go back to sleep. And so it's like, OK, get up. And, and normally the first thing I do when I get up is is read scriptures and, and some spiritual things. And and um, but at that hour, I thought I'm going to go into the office for a minute. And it just I wound up I was in here until six. And then my husband got up and then we did our family study together kind of a thing. And, you know, but. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's like if I'm awake, I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, I, and I'm one of those people that just can't lay in bed and try to sleep for a long oh time. No. It's like, uh, no, just no. let me get up and go work. And sometimes <laughs> that time in the morning is the best possible time. Oh, it was this morning. It was amazing. Absolutely. And sometimes at that time, you actually see the sunrise come up and you can see, and it's quiet. I started doing that when my children were very young, that I purposely get up early so I had enough time to have my first cup of tea be, whilst the house was quiet before I started right. anything else. Yep. And because as a, as a mum with young children, you don't get that chance for the rest that's of the right. day. As soon as they're awake, <laughs> that's it. And it makes such a difference having that yeah. time. And like you said, with the, the spirituality side, I'm quite new to this, this spiritual side and the law of attraction and looking at different things. I looked at it when I was younger and I had almost like a spiritual side and I people would say, you're psychic and it scared the living daylights out of me. So that was it. I put it to one side. I didn't. <laughs> and now I'm finding that corporate side, the spiritual side, and you blend it together. And my Absolutely. business, my life is just skyrocketing because I can connect with that and it's not it's not silly it's really it means so much and that's yeah. that's why I've connected to the likes of you and all the lovely ladies that come in it's that vibration we're all on the same vibration yeah. and Absolutely. that makes a difference have I told you the name of my podcast yet no you haven't you will have to do it I'm in the process of launching it but it's called pursuing profit with principles oh I love that love it love it love it <laughs> so- same thing you're just talking about. Synchronicities. See, yeah. this is why we were yeah. drawn together to do everything. Yeah. And this is my English student in me because I did my degree in English. All the alliter- alliteration for the P's. And I'm, yes. I'm, just, I'm just thinking about branding and how it would look. So my yeah. mind's gone. I will be quiet again. <laughs> I've got all these ideas. Oh, I'm too oh, that's funny. Don't you just love it when the when the the wheels are just spinning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I 
and that's one of the things I love about working with clients is that those ideas as they're, you know, as you're helping them, those ideas that come in your brain just starts pouring away. Yeah. I frequently have uh, come off of a phone call with a client who, you know, clients that I find particularly engaging and exciting to, to work with who have that purpose and passion, who are making a difference in the world, and that's their dream. And again, I get to be part of the ripple. So I'll go find my husband. I mentioned he's retired. I'll go find him wherever he is in the house and say, have I told you how much I love what I do? Oh, that is brilliant. I love that. I love it. I mean, I think I think for both of us, anyone that's listening, they can hear the passion in our voice when we're speaking. I for sure hope so. And I think that that makes such a difference as well because absolutely. One lady, I left a message on Facebook Messenger, and she came back to me and she says, "I want my interview today because I want part of that energy that I can hear in your voice." And I thought, exciting. Because sometimes when you've got, yes, I've got, I've got a British accent, I've got a Southern. England accent which some people think it's London but it was a bit further down but my passion can come through and everyone globally is hearing that they might not understand my accent for a bit but then they get to know me and I'm thinking yes that's coming through and that I think is where the project is growing as well because the passion comes through yeah absolutely yeah um this has been wonderful I've enjoyed this very much. It is. And I've just, what I was going to touch on very quickly is Mm -hmm. we were talking about International Women's Day. And no matter what age the ladies are, be it young or old, in between, wherever you are in your career and in your life, it's going to resonate. But I'm just thinking where we're sharing all the stuff we love for our business and how we look to work for ourselves and monetize. Can you imagine if we've got a young girl that's maybe 14 or 15 and she connects with that? Can you imagine where she will take her career? Oh, I know. One of the things that I've been thinking about with my podcast, and I think I probably have to get a little bit of legal counsel on this before I do it, just to make sure everybody's protected. But one of the things that I've thought about is having um, young people interviews. You know, I, I interview a lot of entrepreneurs. I'd like to interview some young entrepreneurs on the show, bring a parent along with them so that, you know, their parents know they're completely protected in that environment. And, and uh, you know, but just to have that opportunity and I would love to have, and I think I may have found a youth co-host, a teenage co-host oh, brilliant. Uh, who's doing some entrepreneurial things already. And because I, I think that would be awesome to have a co-host that is in their age group and then just talk to children of whatever range. I mean, my granddaughter is my mini me. She has been an entrepreneur since she was very young. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can remember one day she was wanting to start, um, she was wanting to sell baked goods out of their kitchen. And in Texas, there are what they call cottage laws, and they determine what you can sell out of your kitchen and what you can't. And so she and her mom and her little brother and I were walking around the store and, and, and my granddaughter and I were talking and I said, okay, so there's some things you've got to do. First of all, you know, and I started spelling out things and I said, you're probably going to need a loan. And at this point, probably your mom and dad are going to be your banker. So you're going to have to make a proposal to them for your business. And if they say no, you're going to have to live with that. You know, <laughs> we were just 
about all the ins and outs of her starting her own business. And it was just so fun. I told my daughter, I said, now she's my mini me. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I said, I love my grandson as well, but he's your mini me. She's my mini me. (laughs) (laughs) And it is, it's having that, like we said, inspire and to empower someone to do that. And like we said at the very beginning of this interview, if just one person connects with the message, and I say this again to all the listeners, if there's someone in your life or in your family that you think no matter what age they will resonate with this episode, please share it with them. You might be listening because you've you've heard a lot of the other speakers and the guests, but please, if this is a message that resonates, please share it far and wide because that's what we're aiming to do is get this message across to everyone. Yeah. And isn't it wonderful that we live in this global society now? Yeah. I mean, if you think back 20 years ago, well, maybe a little longer than 20 years ago, but you think back to the time before cell phones and before free long distance and before Zoom and all of that, you couldn't, you and I couldn't be having this conversation. No. There, you wouldn't be putting this message out to the world. Exactly. And, yeah, and now it's it's a global, it's a small global world now, and it's changed so much. Yeah, little side story on that, if I may. When my daughter was away at college, it's before cell phones, before free long distance. <laughs> and, uh, she would call home every day. We would talk daily, and she went to college kind of young. She was she turned seventeen, I think, the day she got into her dorms. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so she was still young, but. You know, she would call home and we would talk every day. And my husband, one day, he said, you need to cut this girl off. This These phone bills are going to be outrageous. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, you know what? I don't care if you have to mortgage the house to pay the phone bill. What mother wouldn't love to have a daily conversation with her 17-year-old daughter, whether they're in the same home or states away from each other? <laughs> you know? yes. I am not cutting her off. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And yes, my daughter was like my best friend. And then she went away to college and everything, but she'd still call. And I can remember when we dropped her off and we were driving back because it was quite a way, a couple of hundred miles. Same here, yeah. And, And she called us and you could hear how scared she was in her voice. And your heart said, you want to turn around and go back. But we thought, no. Yeah. And then five minutes later, she called again. She said, Mum, they've come and knocked on the door. Everyone's going to go round and meet each other. And you could awesome. hear the change in their voice. Yeah, totally. And yeah. that's when you think, yes, it's okay. But don't you miss them when they first go away? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it is, like you said, those conversations, they are priceless. And it They are indeed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and especially when they're instigating the conversation, yes. you know, when your children yes. instigate the conversation, you know things are good in your world. <laughs> yes, yes, and it is so special. And once again, like you said, if children grow up with that, their relationships when they go into marriages exactly. and their relationships with their parents will be the same yep. because yep. that's that's what they've been brought up to understand. And and the, and the key point there too is that you have to work at any relationship. Yeah. Whether it's with your children or with your spouse, you have to work at the relationship. I can still remember how I worked on our relationship when she was a teenager in the home, you know, and, and we had very little uh, conflict between us. But there were those moments, you know, 
And I remember uh, stepping back. And like you said, when you feel like you've offended or hurt someone that you go and, or, or you've done something improper, you go and make that apology. You know, when those moments would happen, I would stop and review them. What happened, you know, and, and try and figure it out and then come back together with her. And 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 we'd talk through it and we'd you know, figure out what went wrong and how we prevent it in the future. And it just made a world of difference in our relationships. I never felt like I had like she went through those terrible teen years. You know, my husband used to tell her and say, oh, honey, don't worry about it. When you be, when you become a teenager, we'll we'll become dumb as a rock. <laughs> programming her. We are not going to go through that. Do not program her for that. But it, it is, there's so much to learn. And I didn't grow up in that kind of a, an environment. I grew up in a dysfunctional home in many ways. Yeah. And, you know, I had to learn it. But I had a loving husband who was willing to be a teacher of what it looked like. When our daughter was very small, I remember her saying, some, uh, me saying something to her and her coming back with why. And I gave her the answer that I had always gotten, which was because I said so. Yeah. And my husband took me aside. <laughs> and he said, honey, is that really what, how we want to answer that? Or would we rather she be an independent thinker? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's work, yeah. <laughs> but it's joy. Oh, it's it work is. and joy at the same time, whether right. it's your children or your spouse, and you can create that in your work as well. Yeah. Oh. That's yeah. absolutely perfect. And I've just seen the time. Where's the time gone? I Where haven't is... even looked. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, like I said, I could speak to you all day long, but I know <laughs> I can keep you. So I will draw this interview to a close with the one right. that I've been asking all of my guests, draw it back to International Women's Day and that theme that is lasting for the whole year, which is the hashtag choose to challenge. What do you choose to challenge, Regina? Great question. And I've kind of been thinking that about that a bit as we've gone through this. I think that for me, choosing to challenge the, the fears that people have around becoming an entrepreneur, choosing to challenge the uh, lack of resources to be able to do so. In in my podcast, um, The Pursuing Profit with Principles, I interview entrepreneurs and I ask them three questions uh, at the end of every interview. And every answer is different, just like you're doing here. But every answer gives every listener new insight into how they can be successful. Yeah. So my three questions have to do with a leadership principle that has served you well in your in your personal life and your business, how pursuing your purpose and your passion has made a difference in the success of your business, and a profit strategy to share a profit strategy they've used in their business. So every episode people come away with armed with more information about how to be more successful. And so I think that's that's my challenge is to choose to challenge the unknown and the fears of starting your own business and being successful in your own business, taking it to the next level, 
knowing that you have everything it takes to be successful. And while you don't have all the answers, because we don't know what we don't know, the answers are out there. Yeah. The answers are available. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's ways like Pearl and I, where you can find answers to those questions about the how, yeah. if you know what the what is. And the what is following your purpose and passion in life so that you can impact other lives. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. I love all of that. And I love those three questions that you end your podcast with because it does, you give someone the ammunition, the details, the information to move forward that you, you've you exactly. got, that, that gives you the perfect foundation. And right. it's just wonderful. So it just leaves me to say a massive, massive thank you. Regina, I can't oh, wait for when we can connect again and say to all the listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, when it newly goes out, you will not have all the details to connect with Regina. So please come back. I'm literally doing some days I'm doing five podcasts back to back. So I'm getting them out there so everyone can hear. <laughs> I understand. But please come back because I will make sure that every one of the guests, all the details, ways that you can reach out and connect, websites, all the social networks so you can reach out and connect. So please do that so you can reach out, connect with Regina. And it just leaves me to say, like I said, thank you until we get the chance to do this all over again. And I cannot wait. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pearl. It's been a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to getting together again as well. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.